0: On to NURFM, the home of your easy listening favourites in Newcastle and the Hunter, and the home of talking travel. We are talking travel today, and Sally Lucas, we're off to a nice warm destination. I like it when we go. To places like this and times like this. Absolutely, Jane. I think we could all do with a little dose of some warmth at the moment. So I thought, well, let's talk about somewhere closer to home. We tend to always talk a lot about Europe at this time of the year because everyone wants to go there in those warmer months. But, you know, not everyone can afford to travel that far. So Nouvelle Caledonie or New Caledonia is only about three hours off our coast, about 1500 k. So it's not far. Just next door. Absolutely. And you can still, still, of course, get all that French influence that you would expect to get in a French territory. Um, but not only is it, is it French, of course, but it's a beautiful island or a group of islands in its own right. Now, It also has the largest lagoon in the world and it's considered the finest and largest of of lagoons. It's 23,000 square kilometres of lagoon and it's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. Um, I was fortunate enough to have sailed uh, around New Caledonia um, a few years back and I can assure you that it is beautiful and ducking into all these little inlets if you've never done anything like that. The funny thing was, I mean, I've sailed around the Whitsundays too and we're very uh, particular here, you know, you must check in every afternoon radio in and this little Frenchman we picked up this beautiful catamaran with another family and said oh so you know you want us to radio in every afternoon no no why should I want to do that he said <laughs> he's in Australia he said you take everything so serious he said I see you in a week <laughs> so a whole different attitude and we didn't have any problems but he did give us a phone number but <laughs> anyway but there's it's, plenty of coral and things oh, to look, see around there too. it, it is beautiful. And uh, it's the largest island in the Pacific after Papua New Guinea, and New Zealand. And as I said, about 1,500 k's off our coast. And it was first discovered, of course, by James Cook in 1774. And he found a similarity between the mountainous terrain of the Grand Terre and his native Scotland, which was then known as Caledonia. So this was New Caledonia. And that's how it got its name, of course. Now, from coast to coast, it stretches some 500 kilometres and passes through an archipelago of the Loyalty Islands Which are beautiful as well And home to really a surprising and remarkably diverse landscape Now everyone thinks because it's Pacific Island and it's beachy Which it is in one respect But once you go inland along the other coast it, it, They've got these cowboys, you know, and farms And, you know, it's, it's quite like the Argentinians and their gauchos They call them broussards in there And you've got the Canuck people, of course And they, they are wonderful as well and then 25 minutes' flight south, if you're not sailing of New Mere, you've got the Isle of Pines, which is, again, absolutely delightful. You've got to blink, you know, at the water, the clarity. So it is delightful, and it's just um, a different way of life when you go down there. Nothing is rushed. Everything is done very slowly. Um, they have a saying in, in French, Quoi bon le conte, il ne s'arrêtera jamais. Why measure the time? It will never end. So, quite interesting, hey? Very fair. Yes, so, but you can go to a Mayday Island, which has got a lighthouse, which it's quite famous for. However, if you are, um, have a fear of snake varieties, my husband has, and we didn't know this till we got on the island, it is covered in snakes. Really? But they're, apparently they're not too dangerous, obviously, or they wouldn't let you go there, but you've just got to watch where your feet are Stepping because they're hidden under little rocks everywhere and there's little black with yellow striped snakes and, yeah, they're all over the island. Oh. But anyway, um, but it is an exceptional biodiversity there. It boasts over 3,500 varieties of plants, of which three quarters are endemic, and 4,300 species of terrestrial animals and 1,000 species of fish and 6,500 marine invertebrates. So it is quite a, a unique um, a group of islands, really, if you want to call it that. You can also do, uh, they've got a, um, a train, Le Petit Train, and you can go on the little train and you can, it takes you on this little tour. You can go all around, you know, the island and they make these stops and you can get on and off. It's a hop on, hop off, which is great. Um, you've got two main beaches, which is the Bay de Citron or the Bay of Lemons and, um, and Sabata. Now, they come alive at night. They, it's really changed from the first time I went to New Caledonia, which is probably a, a day on a cruise ship, and it was like Suva. It was quite in the, in the backwards area or the back blocks, you know, of, of tourism in those days, whereas now, of course, everything has changed, and they have wonderful markets, and at night they've got these lovely little bars and eateries all around the Bay de Citron and Ansvarta, which is lovely to do, easy to get to. You can catch a local bus as well if you want. Um, you can hire a car, obviously, and drive around the island, as I've suggested. There's some lovely resorts... You can stay on. There's a whole range of accommodation, you know, from your five-star to your three-star. So it covers all tastes and budgets. And if possible, you could get down to the Isle of Pines. Really, that is quite a special part of New Caledonia. So what about the language, Sally? Well, it is French, definitely French, and yes. It, are there people who will speak English? There are people who will speak English. And again, you find like most areas where there is the, the language is not ours, that it's predominantly, I guess, spoken by the elderly more. Whereas the younger generation tend, most countries these days to learn English as well. So, but anyone in, within the tourist industry you will find will be able to speak English, and you will find like even your menus, um, they're used to dealing with tourists, and they'll have their their fixed price menu and their a la carte on a on a board out the front or whatever, you know, the cost of the beer or the wine, etc. And it's it's just a very relaxed, laid back. Pacific Island, even though it's French, it's still got that real Pacific feel about it, which, which is what it is, of course. But close to home, as I said, so you can get your little touch of France without having to go to France. We're talking travel and Sally Lucas. We're looking at... To- Travel tips. Those are the ones. See, look, honestly, <laughs> that is a real tongue twister, is it not? I no, do try it. <laughs> <laughs> try it at home, please. See how you go. <laughs> well, some of them are, and these are put out by Smart Traveller, but it just things we have mentioned before. But it doesn't hurt to to reinforce, you know, things that you should do before you, you know, even leave the country. Of course. Now, Smart Traveller is the government website. It is, it? and it's the one where you can register as well your intention of going, your date, so that if anything happens overseas like a civil unrest or something in a country your family can then through smart traveller will be able to track you down if there's loss of contact or phones or something you know so it's really an important thing to do particularly if you're doing a more extended trip i would suggest and going to various different countries and we've always talked about insurance so firstly that is one of the top travel tips to register with them and look at their website and have a look and see where they you know, really advising you not to travel to. Okay, just take that into consideration, obviously. Taking out comprehensive travel insurance, of course, with the best cover you can get is, is the most important thing. To make sure you're covered medically, particularly? Yeah, medically. Like, we think, you know, we pay a lot for medical here. I can assure you it is nothing compared to what you would have to pay in some of the European countries in America. Mm. Really is exceptionally high. Like, you're talking about even just a doctor's visit could be anything from $150 to $200 just to see a GP, mm. let alone what hospital costs there are a lot of countries now too if you're in hospital won't even let you leave hospital or check out unless you can prove you've got travel insurance so they know their bill's going to be paid mm. and even on arrival in some countries now like in some of the old what we call the old eastern Bloc, but some of those countries there now are insisting on knowing that you have travel insurance before they let you enter Mm -hmm. So please, that is most important. As we said, registering your travel details online. Make sure your passport has at least six months validity from your planned return to Australia. Carry extra passport photos with you in case your passport is stolen or lost, you know, so you're not having to try and find something, you know, you've got them on you already. That's a good idea. Yeah, and also have a copy of your passport as well. Now, you can either have it on a USB stick, on your iPhone these days. I still keep a paper copy as well, which I secrete in the zip bottom of my suitcase so separate to where I would carry my passport you know whatever you feel you'd like to do but so long as there's copies and you can always leave one with your travel agent we we keep them on file for all our clients and or you could leave one at home you know so there's always some access to get a copy of that passport to check with your health professional regarding, of course, vaccinations and health requirements and precautions in countries, and that does vary. And also to check what medicines. If you're a person who's on medication of any sort, there are certain prescription medicines that are, p- are prohibited in some countries, com- countries rather. So you've got to be aware of that. Uh, make sure you've got the right visas for the countries you're going to as well. And even the right destinations. Haven't we heard that recently? Someone wanted to go to Granada in the Caribbean and ended up in Granada in Spain. I still find that amazing though. I mean, would not you look at your itinerary and say, some people must just not look or listen or, but anyway, yes, yeah, please. It's possible, I suppose. I don't know, but anyhow. Oh. Mm. And another one I think was they ended up in Sydney and there's a place in Sydney in Nova Scotia in Canada and they wanted to be in Sydney and Australia, but there you go. Um, yes. The opera house. Mm. <laughs> Making copies, as I said, of your passport details, your insurance, if you've got traveller's checks, visas, credit card numbers, you know, all of that is important to be kept copies at home as well. Don't take, your original wallet from home with 6,000 cards in it like we've all got these days that you're not going to need or even want to need overseas. You're only going to need your credit card, your form of ID, your money and, you know, whatever. But certainly get rid of all that. And keep in contact with your friends and family back home, whether you do it through Wi-Fi, whether you've got your own, you know, iPhone where you can do it. And give them a copy of your itinerary as well so they know where you are and what you're up to. So that's just a few things, Jane. And I just thought I'd mention again, we have done a few of these before, but uh, this is 50, and I'm not going to go through 50, most inspiring travel quotes of all time, and some of the reasons why we travel or why we don't, I suppose. Uh, Mark Twain says, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and Mm, narrow-mindedness.
1: Fatal. Fatal.
0: (laughs) The other one here is, this is St. Augustine, the world is a book and those who do not travel read only one page. Robert Louis Stevenson, there are no foreign lands. It is the traveler only who is foreign. Ah, yes. I like that one. Very nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, A Moorish proverb, he he who does not travel does not know the value of men. This is an interesting one by John Steinbeck. A journey is like marriage. The certain way to be wrong is to think you control it. (laughs) (laughs) I quite like that one as well, but there's lots of lovely ones that we can go through a few each week of these, and there's some quite beautiful ones in there as well and some quite humorous ones. And the corollary of the last one is that an unexpected turn to your journey is often a highlight. Well, exactly. I think there was one similar to that here, Jane, but even this one here, like one's destination is never a place but a new way of seeing things. Very true. You know, so this is what you've got to remember when you go. You're in their country. We've discussed this before, I know. But, you know, go with that smile. As I say, pack your smile. It's the best thing you can pack on a holiday. Have a good attitude. Check on local customs before you go so you're not offending anybody. And, and look to learn something. Yeah, and, and that's what you're there to do surely, is to is to learn all these wonderful delights of the other countries that we visit. This week we received advice that the Indonesian visa on arrival fee has increased from US twenty five to US thirty five effective immediately and you've got to pay it in US dollars. So just make sure you have US thirty five on you if you are entering Indonesia. That's talking travel for today. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. Back next Friday after the one o'clock news on two and URFM.